2: control of the negotiations to the EU, and that would mean more dither, more delay and more confusion. And it would mean that the EU themselves would be able to decide how long to keep this country in the EU. And since I refuse to go along with that plan, we are going to have to make a choice, Mr Speaker. I don't want an election. The public don't want an election. I don't believe the right honourable gentleman wants an election. No majority for no deal in the country. As I've said before, if the Prime Minister has the confidence in his Brexit policy, when he has one he can put forward, he should put it before the people in a public vote. And so, he wants to table a motion for a general election. Fine. get the bill through first. He No deal off the table.
1: Now, resume your seat.
3: I've been listening to the Brits scream and yell about various things in Parliament. <laughs> Love uh, it. My whole life and yeah. kind of laughing at it or whatever. But this is some pretty serious stuff with some major things happening. The New York Times said you, we may be seeing the dissolving of the what they called the world's oldest and most successful political party, the Conservatives in Great Britain. Mm. As one of the main Conservatives got up yesterday. Walked across the aisle and sat down with the liberals because he was on hey, their side. How's it going? I hear you people have pretty cool parties. Several of your super core conservatives, like it'd be like if Lindsey Graham and Tom Cotton or whatever, said no to Trump on something. Yeah. Um, are saying, no, we can't have no plan and just leave the EU. Right. That is the opposite of being conservative is what they're saying. Yes. That is not that is that is not <laughs> being conservative. I'm sorry, what was that? That was the EU. Oh yeah, that was, that was Obama's person. <laughs> oh boy. Um but, <laughs> no, so, that's what Boris Johnson is saying. So some of the conservatives are saying that's not being conservative. There's nothing conservative yeah. about Let's just see what happens.
4: I'm telling you, I think they are headed for some sort of Really strange and historic reckoning because every plan that everybody has brought to the parliament for breakfast, uh, breakfast for Brexit. That breakfast, <laughs> breakfast sounds good. I say kippers. We always have kippers.
0: So, do we have breakfast or no? <laughs> so, I got distracted too. Are, there we we are is eating no breakfast? plan for uh, oh. a no breakfast plan? <laughs>
4: the right gentleman from Illinois has led to confusion. Order. Every Brexit plan anybody cooks up, Parliament rejects in overwhelming numbers. And yet, so Boris is saying, all right, well, we're leaving. Look, the voters said we're leaving, so we're leaving. We're leaving without a plan then. Y'all aren't going to approve any plan, we're leaving without a plan. And he's said openly, if the EU thinks I'll crash the bus, maybe I'll get some more... Uh, uh, concessions out of them.
3: We'll get a little better deal than Theresa May could it, get. That's Trump-like. That's well, right. I'm willing to take it over the cliff, and as long as they believe I'm willing to take it over the cliff, yeah. I can get something out of them, and you guys are ruining it.
4: Right. The EU, meanwhile, for all of their sins and excesses and wussiness and the rest of it, are saying, oh, we didn't tell you to get out. I mean, we didn't say we want you to Brexit. It's your idea. Well, here's what we'll give you. Here's what we won't give you. You want to leave? Leave. If you don't, don't. And so Boris isn't going to get much more than Theresa May got. And again, Theresa May's plans were rejected overwhelmingly by
3: Parliament. And Bojo had the blonde haired stones yesterday to actually stand up and say, I'm going to let the people decide who they want to send to Brussels. So he wants to have an election. Yes. You want me to go and negotiate or not? Yes. Which is a pretty ballsy move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how that will turn out. Um, the second voice you heard there, by the way, is Jeremy Corbyn, who is Bernie Sanders. He's a full-on socialist mm-hmm. and one of the leading socialists in the whole world, one of the most powerful socialists in the on, in the world in, in a democracy situation. I'm it's not like talking being,
4: about being the smartest horse, if you ask me. I'm, I'm not what?
3: talking about running Venezuela or something. I'm talking about an actual, you know, we vote for these sorts of things, country. Um, uh, so you got that. So uh, a little backdrop in this from the New York Times. Uh, Britain's unwritten constitution suddenly looks fragile. Britain has never had a proper written constitution, a matter of some pride to Britons. Wow! While Americans haggle over their rules, British politics runs on an evolving array of laws and practices referred by the so-called good chaps in government, with their <laughs> impeccable sense of fair play. The good chaps keep things in line. You can recognize
0: uh, them by their monocles.
3: Oh, boy. To a certain extent, it'd be kind of the way our Senate worked up until fairly recently. Where, right, uh, a lot of collegiality. Yeah. I mean, we, we we could do this, but we're not going to, because that'd be crazy. Right. Uh, right. Well, similar situation of what they fear here. When Prime good Minister... Good chaps,
4: good band name. We would obviously wear, you know, suits and spats and, and like, bowler hats. <laughs> oh. Monocles.
0: Yes. yes. i got to wear a bowler hat at some point in my you life. You
4: should. If you don't, you're a fool.
3: Last week, when Prime Minister Boris Johnson decided unilaterally to suspend Parliament at the height of a political crisis, it set off a... Um, A a shock followed by a second, perhaps even more startling realization that once someone starts kicking aside the conventions and customs that the good chefs have had in place all these years, there are surprisingly few hard and fast checks on his executive authority. There are howls of outrage from Boris's opponents, historians and legal experts that say the entire political class is being thrown up in the air now. We've always felt like we don't need those legal safeguards, said one professor at a uh, college in London. We don't need judges to tell our politicians what to do because we're one of the most mature democracies in the world. We're stable. We do politics well, but we've become too complacent with that, and our complacency has become dangerous, as we've demonstrated uh, in previous weeks and could be in coming weeks. Mr. Johnson could conceivably on his own upset a litany of constitutional norms by ordering the Queen to veto anti-Brexit laws. The Prime Minister can order the the Queen to veto anti-Brexit. Brexit. Laws. So Parliament passes that we're not going to leave. We're not going to do Brexit this way, and he can tell the Queen to de- de veto it. I guess, refusing to resign. What if, if I didn't want to? <laughs> he could refuse to resign if Parliament ousts him. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm not leaving. Well, you're not Prime Minister anymore. Okay, sit down. But you're just yeah, a, I am. You're just resume a, your seat. No, that guy is. You're just a guy with blonde hair now. Sit down. Wrong. Over
0: there. Then why am I sitting <laughs> at this desk? I'm PM.
3: <laughs> and I'm not leaving. Or he could, according to the New York Times, and again, I take this with a huge grain of salt, And that they speculate about all kinds of crap that's not true with Trump. Inside sources say Trump may refuse to leave office, you know, that right. sort of crap. Right, so yes. They might be making this up about Bojo because they hate him. Uh, he could invent new national holidays to make sure lawmakers can't sit for votes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's a Churchill Day today. Happy Churchill Day, everyone. Crumpet Day tomorrow, celebrating the crumpet, and how it brings us all together.
3: Well, I I assume he also could bring in a fire hose and turn it on the liberals, but (laughs) will he? I mean, is it likely? There's all kinds of things he could do. Declare A series of national holidays. (laughs) Benny Hill Day. (laughs) Run around there, patting himself on the head. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. I didn't know about the whole unwritten constitution thing that they just, they've had done it now for, for, for centuries, certain things have done a certain, but it's not, it's not legally encoded. Right. I, I, and I understand why they like that. They, they take a lot of pride in that. We don't need lawyers to work out every single little detail. Right. And challenge it constantly. Right. We behave like adults here on the which other hand is admirable. The world's oldest democracy, us, and the most powerful country in the world, goes with the, we're a nation of laws, not men. Yes. You don't Uh, put it in the hands of men, because men are um, are flawed. I would suggest, with all due respect to the New York Times, trying to
4: make this as exciting as possible, I think if Bojo goes too far, and people cross the aisle, and he calls a snap (laughs) election, and they say, yeah, we're sick of you, and they kick him out, they'll go back to the old norms. Somebody might try it. You know, Harry Reid liked the nuclear option, whatever the uh, equivalent is there, and... In Britain, but it seems to me that the uh, the good chaps, which is an hilariously quaint term, uh, are saying, no, that's too much, that's too far. Well,
3: it sounds like he may have gone too far already when you've got some of the core conservatives saying, no, we're not with you, yeah. including getting up and walking over to the other side. So yeah, he just but might not have you, the numbers to do what he wants to this do. This is
4: the riddle without an answer, though. There is no solution to the Brexit thing. Any deal they can get is a deal they don't want, and they definitely don't want no deal. So where do you go from there? Hmm. Have another vote?
3: I don't know. I wish them well. I, it'd, be, it'd be exciting if they do put it up to a vote again. Brexit itself, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, isn't that the the right thing to do?
4: I keep going back and forth on that. Well, yeah. My thought is, listen, you voted for something in theory. Now you see what it is in fact. How incredibly difficult it is to implement it. And how little, little national will there is for anything that's achievable. And so,
3: knowing that now, what do you think of yeah, Brexit? But the problem with that is some people. Some people would make that argument about Trump. You, you know, after he won, oh, you you voted for this in theory. Now that we're however many months in. This is what it is in fact we need to have another election see if yeah, you really but meant it's, it.
4: it's different because that's uh, they called a national referendum you can't call a national election in our, our system
2: well, what, we yeah. don't have
4: referendum yeah. referendums either come to think of it no I thank I, God can you imagine the stupidity that would pass I mean the idiocy that passes in various states through the referendum process is mind-boggling
3: I've I've often thought why don't we do the parliamentary system because it looks like it's got some advantages but I'm seeing some of the disadvantages I mean, like the way we're talking about gun laws right now in this country. If we had a parliamentary system that can swing so quickly on emotion, who knows what might happen?
4: Yeah, yeah. I've studied this carefully, Jack, for many, many years. It's about a wash. They each have their advantages and disadvantages. Parliamentary systems in our system.
3: So what are you going to do? On the other hand, well, I mean, I de- definitely think it's a big downside that emotion can-, can swing things so quickly and you can make huge decisions, like a Brexit or whatever, mm-hmm. and then think, Well, what was that? Uh, on the other hand, you don't get stuck with people for two, four, or six years sometimes uh, and then say, I wish six, was five more years of this guy. What were we thinking? Right, right. Or this plan or whatever. Anyway, our text line is four one five two 295 There is a meme going around, speaking of gun laws, uh, comparing it to abortion if if it was handled the same way in the media, in the politics. Interesting. kind of interesting. Okay. I don't know if we want to be that heavy or not. Joe. Oh, fairly heavy. the uh, nickname that we didn't know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has mm. on the Supreme Court, worth mentioning, among other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: That's,
4: a, like that's the kind of memory problems that people his age and indeed my age have all the time, and I think that the thing that may catch up with with Biden over time, even among Democrats who would otherwise be for him, is the feeling that he's that
2: senility is overtaking him, and I think it is.
3: That is Brit Hume on Fox yesterday. Now, if you don't know Brit Hume's act, he is a steady, straight, old-school news guy. He is not a bomb-chucker. He is not a says-crazy-things-to-get-attention. Maybe the least person I can think of. And he just stated that he believes Joe Biden is senile. They're the same age. Right. Right. Yeah. This
2: idea is a bunch of
3: malarkey. I think that's, a, that's, that's quite a thing. One of your steady-as-she-goes political commentators said the leading candidate to be president in one of the major parties is senile. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I want to be clear. I'm, I'm not, not going, going nuts. Much.
4: I don't... Uh, yeah, Britt Hume is uh, not a bomb-chucker, and he is also not a fan of uh, Donald Trump. No? Um,
3: yeah, that's something. I thought that, that stood out to me. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, us saying it or Sean Hannity or whoever, or, or it's uh, uh, Joe Scarborough calling Trump crazy. Yeah. Britt Hume mm-hmm. saying, I believe Joe Biden is senile. And it's, it's based on this clip. Uh, we played it a couple of times yesterday. We don't have it ready to go. The, he told a story over the weekend that the Washington Post said not one bit of it was true. The question, of course, is whether or not Joe was making stories up. Hillary Clinton-like, to boost him, or if his mind just put together a whole bunch of different stories into one made-up story? Yeah. Because
4: he's old and senile. A couple it? of contrasting points of view here, and, and a number of people weighed in after yesterday's discussion. You can email us, if you like, at mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Excuse me, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or text us, four one five two nine five 295 kftc But uh, Dave, the teacher... Sent along a a number of links. He said, today you're going way too easy on old Joe Biden. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, maybe a little confused. uh, But he has been a calculated liar for a long time. Then he sent, like I said, a bunch of links, including this piece by Jonah Goldberg. um, And he says, uh, Biden seems driven in no small part by a staggering intellectual insecurity. Uh, and he talks to uh, him blasting uh, somebody, questioning his academic record. I think I have a much higher IQ than you do. I went to a law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my class to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in the law, I decided I oh, didn't want to be in law school, ended up in the bottom two-thirds of blah, blah, blah. Uh, I won the international moot court competition, outstanding student. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school, 165 credits, only needing 123. And I would be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours. And most of those statements were outright lies. Um he graduated with one degree, not three. Um he gradu- he was almost last in his class. He Joe Biden
2: is a dummy. He
4: wasn't the most outstanding student. It's just all sorts of weird stuff. Dummy. Um, and then there's another one about uh for some reason he when he crusades against drunk driving, um he talks about the people who killed his family members. Mm-hmm being a drunk driver but the judge has said no there's absolutely no evidence that the driver in the wreck an old fellow was under the influence at all so that's just a little weird
3: um yeah it doesn't it doesn't make it better it all sounds well it actually might sound worse than if he were lying uh to make himself look better it, it sounds like something worse than that like well, like what, whatever Brian Williams has got. Like some weird compulsion to make stories better. Like you said yesterday, right. he gets in front of a crowd and he's just got to win them over. So he just keeps adding elements until he feels like he's got him, got the reaction he wanted.
4: Yeah, there's an emotional uh, satisfaction to telling a great story. um, And, and he really gets off on that. Uh, Tim points out that uh, back in the 60s and 70s, you could make all sorts of claims, and it would be oh, so sure. painstaking sure. and time-consuming to check. And even if you caught him, you wouldn't be able to get the word out. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I, I played in the major leagues for uh, you know just a few weeks, honestly, then I got hurt and blah, blah, blah. But what I learned there was what I still teach today, blah, blah, blah. Nobody'd look it up because it'd take too long. Um, so you can make all sorts of wild claims back when he was in his prime. Uh, there are, uh, there are a couple other examples. Okay. I want to hear
3: those. I think this, he's got the Brian Williams disease. This could doom him. I mean, rounds could, coming into the airframe. This could doom him. When the Washington Post says everything about your story was wrong.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, put, by the way, a great note from the great Chuck Yeager on memory coming up.
2: Okay. And stories. Want to hear all that. And Marshall's news. What's your lead story, Marshall? We got Def James Mattis on an anonymous hit piece against President Trump. All right. Was he the writer? Some people thought he was. What?
3: Did I hear somebody mumble we have breaking news? Do we have breaking news? Or... No, we have,
4: that, you know, significant corporate news. Okay. Plus, I want to hear RBG's nickname faithful listener Michael attended a uh, a, uh, a speech, a, an appearance by RBG last night in Little Rock, Arkansas. She filled the stadium that Tom Petty filled on his last tour. Really? Yeah. And, and he says, listen, I hate her point of view in politics, but I was amazed by her resilience. I went hoping it was a farewell tour. Nope, she was on fire.
3: She'll outlive us all. On the court, they call her not Notorious RBG. They call her Steel Magnolia. Mm. So she has had some form of pancreatic cancer twice, colon cancer 10 years ago, and lung cancer last year. Can I get a
4: transfusion of her blood or something, please? Any
3: any one of those do in a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, That's absolutely incredible. And... (laughs) Hey, I got a little more on that for later. Uh, let's get the news now with Marshall Fuller.
2: Well, former Secretary of Defense James Mattis slammed the unnamed Trump administration official behind a 2018 New York Times op-ed criticizing President Trump.
3: It happened- we all remember that story. That was a huge one. That was one of your... Big deals. Nothing right. will ever be the same. Right, exactly. <laughs> Didn't they say we're part of a small but dedicated yeah,
4: you know, yeah. cadre of resistors? Right. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Okay. Yeah. It happened. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, <laughs> back and <laughs> forth went during an appearance on MSNBC's Morning Joe, where the network's political analyst Mike Barnacle asked Mattis about the infamous op-ed, which was published a year ago this week. Going on then. That read. was only
3: a year ago. That's yeah.
2: not possible. Yeah. Year <laughs> ago this week. Oh. Too much news. We need to cut back. Barnacle going on to read a portion of the essay to Mattis. President continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. The root of the problem is the president's immorality. Anyone who works with him knows he is not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision making. Do you agree with that? Mattis' response to that open-ended question?
0: Uh, I wouldn't
1: comment on it other than to say that uh, I've never believed in cowardice. Uh, If I felt that strongly about something, I would have signed it. I would have been right up front about it. I think you would owe that, that degree of candor.
3: I remember that was the reaction from a lot of people including some Democrats, of, if you believe that, come out and say it out loud. Right. Right. You friggin' chicken. Yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of reactions... So you want to keep your job and say this is what you want to
4: do. Hey, I was gratified Uh, a heck of a lot of people, even in Hollywood, are blasting those two Will and Grace stars who tweeted, "Uh, you need to out whoever goes to that Trump fundraiser in Malibu or whatever it was. I want a list so I know who not to work with. And a bunch of people in Hollywood, including some pretty avowed lefties, said, Hey, that is absolutely not cool. Cut it out. We don't have blacklists. Have you learned nothing from history? So It's nice. It's good to see. I mean, granted, that might be a small but vocal, uh, no pun intended, moral majority of lefties in Hollywood, but at least some people came out, signed their names, and said, That's wrong.
2: Walmart announced it's going to stop selling handgun and short-barrel rifle ammunition, and they're asking customers not openly carry firearms in its Walmarts and Sam's Club stores.
3: Because people carrying guns openly has done
0: what? What has that led to? Anything? Walmart's in a different situation because they were actually... Uh, A location of one of the the attacks. They were a location of a couple of the attacks. Right. Yeah, I think
4: part of of the goal is, and whether this will have any effect or whether it's a good idea, I'm not judging. I'm just saying their idea is, we want to know if anybody has a gun openly in a Walmart, it's a lunatic and we need to do something about it immediately. We don't. We don't want a mix of good and bad people with guns. Just no guns in here. All right. Anybody shows up with a gun, we're going to know they're a lunatic. I think that's the idea.
2: Well, the policy won't change for people who have permits for concealed carry or for obviously police officers. But I think they're just, uh, they're also concerned about, you know, customers getting freaked out about some guy walking through, uh, you know, with a rifle. So, gun novice question here. So, a concealed carry
0: permit means you can carry a gun on you as long as people can't see it. Is, is you know, Am yeah. I assuming that yeah. correctly? Yeah. So, those would still be allowed in Walmart. Just the, the blatant open, the uh, idea yeah. everyone can see it thing is what they're talking about. Yeah.
3: I was in a bar one time. Yes. And uh it was a uh, a bar in Kansas City, blues bar at the time called the Grand Emporium. It's now a coffee shop, I think anyway. Um blues band starts playing and guys sitting in front of me biker guys. Uh one guy got mad and said, "This isn't effing blues." And flipped the table over. Oof. And <laughs> I thought that's a Bit of an overreaction. Me, like, <laughs> a bit, of a, <laughs> bit of a purist there, Snakeface, aren't we? Somehow he didn't get kicked out or something anyway, and later I was in the bathroom, and he was next to me in the bathroom, and his jacket was open, and he had a gun in there, a pistol in his leather jacket. It's the only time I've ever seen a gun in that sort of situation. I don't think it was probably a concealed carry permit or whatever. Yeah,
4: no. Not and
3: not. it actually freaked me out. I thought, this lunatic who gets mad over the kind of song it is, right. <laughs> is carrying a gun. But in general, somebody carrying a gun just looks like a normal person. That doesn't bother me. I'm not, I'm not worried they're going to all of a sudden lose, get Tourette's and start shooting people or something. Looks
4: like a normal person. Interesting standard. Would you like to spell that out for us? Unlike the Brits, I'd like a written description. You know when you see it. <laughs> I'm just not admitting to that on the air. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Google. A guy who flips a table over because he didn't think it was actually a blues song <laughs> does not look like a normal person.
2: Google's video site YouTube's been fined $170 million Ooh. to settle allegations it collected children's personal data without their parents' consent. The wow. federal- Federal Trade Commission fined Google $136 million, and the company has to pay an additional $34 million to New York State to resolve similar allegations.
3: Wow, so almost $200 million. Yes.
2: Google reported Monday that its profits
0: hit $9.4 billion in the first three months of right. 2018.
3: Okay, so it's not going to really hurt them? No, no. It's like when they, when they fine NBA players $5,000 for something. They gave right. them
0: a parking ticket.
4: Uh, mm. Sir, how are we going to cover up our, our agenda of constantly doing evil? Well, my idea is, let's have the slogan, don't do evil. That will mislead people for at least
3: a time. <laughs> That's a good one, sir. That's why you're in charge. <laughs> Excellent cartoon employee-boss relationship. <laughs> <that> Actually, you...
0: <laughs> friggin' Google. I think they took that phrase down about a year or two ago, I think, too. <laughs> it's become
2: too obvious. Yeah, that, no, it's it's mine, too it ironic now. <laughs> <laughs> That's your news. i Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
3: Did you have some more Joe Biden? Uh... Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, it's it's not exactly. Are you...
4: di- it's not about Joe Biden so much as it is about memories and telling stories and that sort okay. of thing. I found it very, very interesting.
3: Okay. I want to hear that. I'm, I'm troubled by the fact that we now know our memories are not accurate. It really bothers me. Yeah. It's absolutely
4: clear to me. Joe Biden and Brian Williams are peas in a pod. They have the same disease wow.
3: and for a lot of the same reasons. And is that kind of a mental illness or a... it's a, I'd say it's a quirk it's a,
4: I don't know it's a, it's, a,
3: it's a malfunction did Brian Williams Did he go to a rehab for it or what did he do for it that got him back on NBC is, is MSNBC a rehab <laughs> <laughs> I think I think <laughs> a
4: reboot it's a ghetto uh, boy is morning <laughs> Joe gone nuts man I happened to flip over there today and, and he was going on and about on and on about Moscow Mitch how Mitch McConnell is doing the bidding of Putin Right. Because he was against various things to do with the election interference and the rest of it. Um, but just really going crazy on Moscow Mitch and history will show and blah, blah. I don't think Mitch McConnell is in the employ of Putin, morning Joseph. But yeah, well, that's stuff uh, from the great, uh, the hero, the test pilot Chuck Yeager on oh, yeah. memory and storytelling and yeah. the rest of it coming up. Cool.
1: at the Vatican after Pope Francis gets stuck in an elevator for 25 minutes, the incident causing the Pope to arrive late for his weekly address in St. Peter's Square on Sunday. He told the crowd there was an electrical problem at the Vatican that trapped him in the elevator. The Pope then asked for a round of applause for the firefighters who were kind enough to rescue him.
3: You don't actually think about the Pope using elevators, you know? It's like a normal thing to do. I, I, I almost imagine if, like, does he have elevator jokes? He would have fun ones, right? Like, he just gets in and is like, can you hit heaven, please? <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. Eight. I'm going to eights.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's
4: kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. So, it's clear to me uh, that Joe Biden has Brian Williams' disease. Okay. He, um,. Now, Britt Hume as we were discussing earlier has a different uh, diagnosis. That's a that's the kind of memory problems that people his age and indeed my age have all the time. And I think that the thing that may catch up with with Biden over time, even among Democrats who would otherwise be for him is the feeling that he's that senility is overtaking him
2: and I think it is. Wow, I'd senility like Senility to... is
3: overtaking him. I'd like to get with Britt
4: Hume and, and ask him the Brian Williams question because Brian Williams isn't senile. He was just the kind of guy who was so obsessed with being interesting to me that he, you know, I think if you're going to tell a story like uh, Judy and I get to the the rental counter in uh, D.C. to get our rental car at their 24-hour location, they'd closed for the night. <laughs> And, uh, (laughs) you know how
3: to take the reservation, you just don't know how to hold the reservation. Yeah. And and that's really the key part.
4: And I knew what it was like to be married to Mount Vesuvius for a time. Um, but so, uh, (laughs) you know, when we get there, it's the wee hours, and, and there are other people in a similar boat uh, who are talking to the other rental people about, wow, do you, can we get into their computers? Or it's, could you have a phone number? Or did you have their cell phone numbers? This is insane. You know, I could enhance a couple of details to make it a jazzier story, longer line, whatever. But, you know, maybe I'd be tempted to. We're all sitting around having drinks. Everybody's hooting and hollering. Yeah, I throw in a couple extra. De- well, everybody does that a tiny bit or a some or in the case of Brian Williams to the point of being a congenital liar. He just makes I stuff became up. very sick with dysentery. Right. Exactly. I think Joe Biden has that disease. I don't know that he's senile. It may be both.
3: But the, the only thing I took from that with Brit Hume is I, um, cause there are things like this with, with my life, um, whether it's having had certain illnesses or being a parent or whatever, if you've been there, you understand it in a way that other people don't. And Britt's the same age and he's talked about his own memory and maybe mm-hmm. he recognizes it in a way we wouldn't
4: entirely possible. Yeah. Um, but we've talked a lot about memory on the show through the years, how it's, it's just absolutely fascinating and, and terrifying the way memory works and doesn't work. I mean, eyewitness uh, accounts of criminals and crimes are notoriously inaccurate, just awfully inaccurate. People are easily led. Or, you know, studies where uh, the Challenger disaster, for instance. Um, I remember there was some uh, scientist, some uh, university professor, he asked 250 students. All right, where were you when you heard? What were the circumstances? Then he asked them again two years later, five years later, blah, blah, blah. And their memories evolved, migrated, Some, many of them, to the point where the circumstances had changed completely. That's
3: horrifying. Yeah, I know. It's it's humbling and terrifying. If my memories aren't real, what's the point of even thinking about them? You know, m- my only. Or why don't comfort- I make up better ones? <laughs> Lack of fake, imagination. Fake it's with anyway. you? I mean, that's what I do. Remember right? when I played college football? Those was a good time. Well, I
4: tell you what, it, all the work was worth it when we won the, <laughs> uh, the, the national championship. I believe it was my fourth time scaling Everest. Yes. Yeah, um. Right. Exactly. Or uh, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, it, it was the fourth stortus stur- stur- I dated. Fourth. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, just comfort yourself that that's the way we're made. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> but Chuck Yeager said this. I thought this was fascinating. Great. Uh, he's. Uh, do you know Chuck Yeager? He's one of America's most famous test pilots during the whole uh, right stuff era and early space travel and, and, and the Cold War and the rest of it. Uh, let's see. He starts kind of in progress. He says, that's the same kind of crap you get out of guys who are not involved and came in many years after. It's just like Tom Brokaw's book, if you'll pardon the analogy here, about the best of the breed or something like that. The greatest generation he's talking about. Well, every guy who wrote his story about World War II did it 50 years after it happened. I'm a victim of the same damn thing. I tell it the way I remember it, and that's not the way it happened. I go back and I read a report that I did 55 years ago, and I say, hmm, I'd better tell that story a little bit different. Well, that's human nature. You tell it the way you believe it, and that's not necessarily the way it happened. There's nothing more true than that. (laughs) I can't imagine because i didn't live that life if i were filling out reports contemporaneous reports of uh, you know meetings and things i did and projects and the rest of it and had to go back to them and reconcile my memories that's got to be eye opening
3: you know old uh, what about your memories with you you know as a kid with your parents and various things that just either didn't happen or didn't happen that way
4: And to what extent have they been altered? Is it just softened around the edges, or has it
3: changed fundamentally? You don't know. And how does it affect you today? You know, I'm affected by this thing that happened. Well, that didn't happen that way. Right. You've created that through the years for a variety of reasons, self-protection, or you heard somebody else tell a story that was similar, and some of that leaked in there. I don't know how it works.
0: Yeah. This really reminds me of the people won't remember what you did. They'll remember how you made them feel. And I think we're remembering our feelings of those things, if Certainly not, the, could be. if not the exact moments. And so we are trying to convey through our memory and storytellings how we felt in those moments. That very well could be true.
4: The mind-boggling and thought-provoking theme of the things they carried. Yes, perhaps the best book about uh, Vietnam. Sometimes it takes fiction to convey the truth because the truth is insufficient. But having said that, yeah, I have no idea. I, you know, I have various newspaper clippings that seem to document various things that happened to me. I seem to have married a, a lovely young girl a number of years ago, and I believe I'm still married to her, but other than that, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, what are you going to do? It's the way we're made. Uh, it is troubling, but I try not to dwell on it. No, yeah. But there's it, probably a dang good reason for it. Stuff you have to put away in your memory. Or maybe it, 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 it you just, your memories get more and more vague, and because they're not important. What's important is if there's a saber-toothed tiger around the next rock. Because it's going to eat you.
3: Um, so back to the Joe Biden thing just briefly then. So Brit Hume, a uh, a very steady journalist, believes Joe Biden is senile.
4: Very reserved, very old school. Yes.
3: That seems pretty, like a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. We've I, had I, plenty of liars in politics. Well, We've had plenty had, of senile, have, too. Have, sure. Um, Exaggerators, whatever. It's politics yeah um but senile could be could be scarier than someone who makes stuff up well and I would suggest he's not going
4: to be able to keep it hidden if that's the case I mean they're trying they're keeping him close uh, Got you to, know close you, to home
3: here's the interesting one underground the, quiet if he is senile like Brett Hume believes he is if he's senile the people close to him have to know that because they, they're with him every single day. Or at least they suspect it, yeah. And if you're with him every single day and you think he's, I mean, he does this sort of stuff, it's over here, Mr. Biden, this direction, you know, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, um, are you keeping that secret? Yes. As you try to march him toward the nomination the you layoff? got a job to do. Which is a year and a half away.
4: Yeah, I'm, I know enough uh, political pros and have uh, been around them enough to know, look, if you're in charge of the Biden campaign, and you can get him over the top in Iowa, second in New Hampshire, then it all falls apart when he starts calling South Carolina, South Korea. I mean, <laughs> but you're the guy who got him to South Carolina, even though he was completely demented.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, you, you, still, uh, you still earn your stripes. I'll tell you what, Liz Warren's almost 70, and she doesn't have a hint of being old. I was watching her yesterday doing some campaign stuff. Sharp. Doesn't have a hint of being old.
4: Well, the, the little gals, they tend to do better in that department than, than the guys. It just is. If he has one of those on stage, a how bad? Uh, I don't know. Can't remember the name of the guy who was the president when he was the VP. Uh,
0: Bear, <laughs> he can't remember. He already did that. Can't remember Obama's, old, Obama's name. Yeah, he, there was. I'll, I'll see if I can find that. Okay.
4: Old uh, Barstow uh, <laughs> O'Hara, Barstow O'Hara, the president.
3: I don't know what would it take because a misremembering a name or you know calling the. Prime Minister by the old Prime Minister. I don't know. That doesn't bother me that much. I sort of think anybody could do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, please. Doesn't He'd almost have to wander off.
4: <laughs> oh, jeez. St- Joe the, Biden has not been seen for 48 the hours. The debate's
3: not over. <clears throat> he just walks away from his podium. I'm hungry.
4: <laughs> wow. Yeah, see, I don't think that's uh, going to happen. No, <laughs> no. We'll see, though. Serial exaggerations. Tall tales, combining of well, many stories into one. I think yeah, it, I will see it, that.
3: Was it? We missed it because we were off. When Trump was given one of his speeches, he did that routine. Have you seen Joe Biden lately? Wow, and he kind of does an old man who doesn't know where he is walking wow. around. So that's Oof. gonna be that's gonna be
0: Trump's a- attack you on, on Biden. Forgetting Obama
3: he
2: a significant portion of it called Crimea. Right. He's saying that it was President, my boss, <laughs> it was his fault.
3: President, my boss. President, yeah, he couldn't come up Uh, with a name. You having a good time, Joe? Uh Uh-oh. But, Uh you know, not coming up with the name as quickly. uh, That happens to all of us as we get older. Of the two-term first black
4: president (laughs) who you were the veep under?
3: (laughs) It's like me forgetting my wife's name.
0: (laughs) It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash.
1: Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.